he's kind of fucking John Connor well, of this whole thing. Kind of like, yes, but it's... <laughs> That's a that's a fun way of looking. Well, at he's not it. Yeah. fucking John Connor. He is John Connor. Don't get the people wrong. Like, he yeah, because that would make Cat John Connor. So you're right. So she, yeah, yeah. Or is Neil John Connor? And that's a that's they're a all John Connor. John they're all John. We're all protagonists. John Connor. In I, death, we are all John, John Connor. Connor. Yeah. I finally watched. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David um, and Alon. I just want to give you a gesture and a word. Tenet. Uh, I hear with that word you can get into uh, a lot of doors. As long as you have a high-vis vest as well, yes. And I finally watched Tenet. And today we're here with a very special guest, Anthony. I know you because you follow... Uh, our podcast page on Twitter, but you're actually like our third follower ever. Oh, wow. I did um, it. Yeah, you did it. Um, but yeah, no, we, I, we've been following each other for like uh, almost three years yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. Uh, I've seen a bunch of your stuff. You've seen a bunch of my stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I just love all your tweets. They're just always really funny and on point on topic most of the time. Um And so I was like, you know, and you have a great interest in not only just writing all sorts of things, but uh, you talk a lot about films and movies. And so I reached out to you a couple a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, saying you want to come on here and talk about a movie. And it took us a little bit. That right? was pretty hilarious. Like I felt, I felt like such a jerk for a minute because I was just like, "Guys, I want to be on your show, but like <laughs> I've seen this list of movies and I don't know what to do about it." I, uh, Alan told me to come up with a list, so I went to my dad's house where I have all my movies still, <laughs> and I went through like fifty. And he's like, he's seen all of them. I was like, what the hell are we supposed to do? <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I mean, you can't see that side of my room, but it's literally all just DVDs and Blu-rays. So like, that's you know, my whole life has just been like, I, I wanted to write movies as a kid. So I was just like obsessed with watching everything. So I'm like, yeah, I felt bad. But I was like, all right, do you have anything else? Like, what else do we have? Well, thankfully, there was a pandemic. And so not a lot of people saw Tenet. Yes, that's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, as much of a Christopher Nolan fan, I am. I just never got around to it because I heard a lot about a, uh, a lot of mixed reviews on it. So that I was just like, eh, maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. But then when we finally came up with uh, that's the movie we're going to do, um, I was like, oh, man, perfect. Because David and I talked about doing more Christopher Nolan stuff, right. Tenet included. And so this is kind of like and, and I think it's a it's a perfect movie to do this with. Uh, because it's great for discussion. It's amazing for discussion, I feel like. So, Anthony, writer, comic book artist, Twitter extraordinaire user. Uh, do you want to just kind of give us a little intro to you and what you do? Yeah, my name's Anthony. I'm a writer, like you said. I, I write... Mostly, I write comic books. I, you know, I, I, I dabble in other things. I read sc- screenplays. I'm, uh, you know, I, I write a little bit of everything. But for the most part, I 
I'm a podcaster. I am on the We Have Issues podcast every Wednesday. You can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash We Have Issues podcast. I'm also, I play a very silly, ridiculous bard in the uh, real play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Critically Stupid. Uh, people seem to like that. But yeah, that's that's primarily what I do in my life. Otherwise, I host a weekly movie night where a group of people get together and watch terrible movies and make bad jokes during it. And it's it's called Good Time, Bad Movie. You can find that on Twitter as well. That's what I do in my time. That's a, that's a long dream world is to just watch bad movies and make <laughs> jokes about it. That's like when we started hanging out and watching movies together, that's what he wanted to do. Yeah, you should join us on Thursday. It's so much fun. Like, oh, my gosh. Tomorrow we're you watching, up on that. Tomorrow we're watching the uh, <laughs> 1991 uh, Captain America movie. Oh, and okay. it, he I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one, but the suit that he wears has rubber ears. He, it's Captain America with a suit with rubber ears, and it looks terrible. It's I can't wait to watch it. I'm so excited. Um, but it's going to be really bad. They're all really bad. Every movie we watch is terrible and basically unwatchable if you're not with good friends making terrible jokes. So that's, what we that's do. the only way. That's the only way to tolerate them. I mean, David. David kind of undercuts it. We we became friends. Oh my God, David. What is it? Seven years ago? Six yeah, years tw- ago? Twenty seventeen. What yeah. was the thing? What was the like? What was the glue? What, what oh. bonded? You're gonna was, love this. It was Pokemon Go. Was it? Was it really? Yeah. That's that's how, that's wait, was it like a meet cute at a Pokestop? <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were we were doing a raid, and my wife was there, and then she sees Alan's girlfriend at the time, now wife, sitting in a car, and she's like, "Why is she allowed to sit in the car, and I can't sit in the car? Why do I have to be outside?" So you went over to him and beat him up for making you look bad. Like, how yeah. dare you? Yeah, and then the, yeah, and then we, uh, I mean, then we just started hanging out and watching yeah. movies. And um, awesome. Alan like wanted to do bad movies, and so I didn't want to do bad movies. So I when didn't it was want my to turn, do bad movies, no, 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 no. No, yeah, yeah, you did. You wanted to do Birdemic. Oof. I just wanted to do like one or two bad movies because you had fun. With, so we ended up, we ended up not doing. Okay, we watched The Room, but we ended Ooh. up um, reviewing. Uh, the disaster artist instead right and i think that was a good move because this the yeah. disaster artist is actually a good movie oh yeah it's actually fun to watch it's actually um, good, yeah. but then i feel like you don't get any of the jokes if you don't watch the room yeah so i had them watch the room and i think we had fun with that and you can shut up because you show me a lot of bad movies too and also the room is like the only bad movie i've ever showed you so yeah well no so then when it was my turn to choose a bad movie i chose blood sport and it just sort of like tricked them to where they were like, oh, wait, no, this is a it's like bad, but actually good yeah. and like enjoyable. Yeah. Um, like everything about that movie is we're going to do it in the next couple of weeks. But oh, everything cool. about that movie is awesome, except like the acting. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's where it's where it's missing. Um, do you guys want to get into Tenet? Uh, yeah, sure. So I was the only one that saw this before we, I guess, did it for this week. Right. Um, this came out during the pandemic and my wife and I got a babysitter and went to the theater and we're the only people in the theater. Wow. <laughs> so had it to ourselves to watch this, um, which was awesome and also sad, like at the same time, <laughs> of course. Yeah. And I remember like the first viewing being like, it was good. I, I feel like there's so much more to understand that I missed. Yeah. And, but like watching it this time, I realized like the stuff that I thought I didn't understand, he sort of just kind of glosses over like, 
how the backwards works is not explained like ever. It's like reverse mm. entropy. It was like, oh, okay, that's okay. cool. That's it. Well, yeah, I, I was actually going to say, guys, like, like this is in a lot of Chris Nolan movies are like this, but it's kind of one of those movies where it's like, oof, it's kind of hard to talk about your first watch because there's a lot to digest and a lot to go through. And I'm like, ooh, I want to watch it at least twice. So I feel like I understand more. However, he gives us the perfect out where he's like, don't think about it. Just feel it. And I'm just going to say it was fine. I felt it. I felt it. I enjoyed it. It was a nice ride. I'll tell you what, when so I watched this alone and at the end of the movie, I was like, OK, this is a pretty damn good movie. I, I just I, I, I really liked it right off the bat. And immediately after I finished it, I started it over again and yep. I watched like maybe the first 20 minutes again. And I was right. like, maybe I can understand more of what's happening. So, oh, God, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. What? I was going to say, so for me, the first 20 minutes were the part where I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this movie because (laughs) it starts off because, of course, it starts off with a bang. But I was just like, oh, man, these people were coming in like stomping on cellos. Like, I need some answers here. Like, why are (laughs) why do they hate instruments so much? Why are they so mad at this band? I, I, I will say, like, the the opening scene, the opera scene is so it feels so contained as far mm-hmm. as like um, Christopher Nolan goes, because like oh, if you yeah. if you think of the opening scene for The Dark Knight, it's like mm-hmm. it's a bank. There's a lot of moving pieces. You got the Joker's henchman on the roof. You got some in the vault. You got some in the in the right. bank lobby. So it's like you go back and forth and it just feels very big. Mm-hmm. But with this, everything is happening in this one location um, and it seems just very um, focused. And at first I didn't know how to feel about it. But then mm-hmm. when the I understood why they do it did it because the rest of the movie is feels so big and so large that you have to like kind of focus the audience into like one thing to like just grab their attention and then kind of like i think this movie does a really good job in explaining the movie as the movie is progressing so that it doesn't have to spell everything out in like one long expedition expedition exposition exposition thank you um spiel Right. It was an expedition, too. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's true. Um, And and I think it does a really good job at that. Well, and the the one thing, too, is if you're not really paying attention or kind of just like enjoying it at a surface level, you don't even realize how the opening ties into the rest of this movie. Right. The fact that those are Sator's men. Exactly. Storming this place. Like, it it almost doesn't even make any sense. Like, well, that's that's why I I took like two pages of notes on that first 20 (laughs) minutes. And because I was going to comment when he was saying, I was like, look, it takes place in one place. But when you start, when you watch it and you're like, okay, some of these are actual SWAT members. Some of these are pretend SWAT members. Some of these are actual terrorists. But are they real terrorists? You know, so then it's just like, what is actually happening? Why is it happening? Who are we following? And so, so I was just like, how much of this is going to be integral to understanding what happens next? You know, and that was, it was kind of. There's a crazy moment in the beginning where you see um, John David Washington come in pretending to be SWAT with his team. And he's standing with the real SWAT and you see people with gas tanks moving in the background. Yeah. And on first watch, you get that they're going to gas the inside of the opera and put everyone Mm -hmm. to sleep. But then the terrorists are kind of wise to that. So they put on the probably something to do with time travel, but they put on um, the masks on my second rewatch of this scene. I was like, are they trying to make us feel like there's uh, inverse here? Right. Because like with the oxygen. Well, I thought they're I thought they were just sort of alluding to it. But what like really it's just they're about to be gassed. And so because I originally (laughs) 
when I watched it this second time, I was like, all right, so they know the gas is coming, but why do they wait to put the mask on? And then I realized like, oh no, they're, they're being attacked. They are, these are just Sator's men who are trying to get this one piece mm-hmm. who do end up getting it. We find out in like a, just a little aside, he's like, did my men make it clear? Like, no, some private Russians got him. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, there's just private Russians like looking for this weird relic thing. But then are the Russians inverted and are they like the B team hired by the Sator with the, what is it called? The pincer Well, some move? of them are. Well, some of them are, right? But the guy who puts on is, you, well, they need- Obviously, they, they need oxygen the whole time if they're inverted. So he couldn't have been. If he, yeah, the one guy that we see, but it's also, yeah, I mean, it's also just kind of a ruse because this movie does a really cool thing of like slowly showing you the inversion. Yes. Like in the in the opera scene, you don't really notice it. And then yeah. in um like- I forget what's next. I have it in my notes, but we'll get to it. But then there's the next scene. And then when he goes um, and it, after the initial car chase to get this 241 part, when you see the inverted version, then it's like completely you understand how it works. Yes. And then the final scene, it's like everything's explained to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, well, the, after the opera is the train torture thing. Um, <laughs> but... Before we get there, can we talk about that, like that saying that they say to each other that like code spy code we live in a twilight world? Yeah. Yeah. That's I is that is that that's how the CIA does it, I imagine. Right. Yeah. It's the CIA thing. I I did like there was a one scene later on. I don't want to get too far ahead, but like there was a one scene later on where Seder kind of says to him, you know, yes. And I was like, oh, he's trying to get him, you know, and then he he acts like he doesn't know what's going on, you know, what he's talking about. He kind of like plays it off like he's not CIA, but also, you know, just that was interesting. Just what's and it's also Sator just I keep like really fucking emphasizing the last part of his name. But Sator says um, it's him saying, like, I know everything, right? Like, I'm way fucking ahead of you on all of this yes and i, I love that I, um, yeah it it is confusing at the end because once you realize that the protagonist is the founder of tenet right mm. he's like he hires wait, what his... <laughs> yes. he, yeah he hires himself and everything like that it, okay so when he takes the cyanide pill that wasn't a cyanide pill and he has that guy who wakes them up on the ship who i'm like guessing is like right. lead operator for the cia and he does the finger intertwine right. gesture. Later on, when I believe it's Robert Pattinson that does the finger intertwine gesture, and you find out that you know maybe the protagonist is in the future a lot older, but like more has more power, right? It, it kind of like what comes first, chicken or the egg? Does he learn this? Who teaches it to the CIA guy? Who then goes to hire him? from robert pattinson or does robert pattinson you see like did he learn everything he knew from robert pattinson because he hired him way in the right future or however you want to look at that or is he coming up with it presently and then i guess but then i guess that forms a paradox but i think it's cool how this movie kind of makes you think in that way and the movie even says you have to start looking at life differently you know yeah, you can't think about it. You have to feel it. What are you doing? You're failing right now. Yeah, yeah. Nolan yeah. would hate you. No. Yeah, that's true. Clements Posey told us how to do this too. You know what I mean? She's like, as you just keep saying, like, just feel it. Uh, which is just, it's funny. Yeah. The director's just like, to stop trying to yeah. diagnose this. This is not going to work. I, I like that. Um, did either of you recognize the Russian guy that's pulling out his teeth? 
No. Oh, what was he from? Limitless. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, the Russian guy who okay. like takes the pill the one time yeah. and is like a pain in the ass to yes, uh, yes. Bradley oh Cooper. Yes. That's amazing. That scene, so so the torture scene, I was just cuz I'll tell you guys, I didn't know I didn't know what the actual plot of this movie was. I didn't know there were I didn't know there was any sort of like time travel uh supernatural like or sci-fi element to it exactly. Okay. I just all I knew about it was that it was Christopher Nolan and it seemed like a spy espionage sort of thing. And that was actually why I was a little reluctant to watch it cuz I was like I really like Chris Nolan. I don't really care about spy movies that much. Same reason I was like a little reluctant about Dunkirk cuz I was like I don't really care that much about war movies although I you know I can appreciate a good one, you know, but it's like but I didn't know what the plot of this movie was whatsoever. I never watched a trailer for it. And then I was like, oh, this is a good excuse to watch that almost three-hour Chris Nolan movie I've been wanting to watch. So I was like, <laughs> all right, here we go. And then we put it on, and I was just like, oh, how is he going to get his teeth back? This is the protagonist. I was just like, what is happening? Why is this guy – now he has no teeth in this movie. What's Is this movie about dentistry? <laughs> like, what is that? And then they literally are just like one line. They're like, oh, yeah, we rebuilt your mouth while you were sleeping. No big deal. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, it, it questions how long he was in that coma, too. Yeah. Well, and they're like, yeah, it was a test. So does that dude work for the CIA? That that's the Russian guy is just the teeth puller. He's well. And also the guy who tells him that his name is Faye in the movie, which I don't know how you're supposed to fucking know that. Yeah. But um, he's like other people have tried to take this test and failed it. So he's like he has had his teeth pulled and yeah. not passed. Yeah, they only gave me some of them back. I only yeah. got like half my teeth. The, um, the the thing about that and it, it makes you think about the ending of this film too when oh when Sa- Sater yeah, has the pill I was Sater has the pill he goes it's CIA issue and then you're like well is the pill fake and if the pill is fake then there is absolutely no uh, horribleness in this film that you know he would fall into a coma just like uh, the protagonist did. And then he would, but his heart would still beating. Therefore, it would never go off. Mm-hmm. Well, no, but I mean, so I th- those you know those type of pills do exist, right? So I mean, they could have given John David Washington a fake one, but right. then like he had a real one, right? There's a line in the movie that says, "I got the oh my god." It's so specific, and I feel like it's a, it's something like I got this from a CIA friend. He says something along that those lines. And it makes you really think. Well, did he take is, it off? Of, did he take it off of one of the guys that was escaping from the Ukraine job? Exactly. That yeah. yeah. So yeah, it could have been. And so yeah, maybe he would have never known. And th- there's also just this idea that we'll get into later in the movie. At but one point, John David Washington's like, "Well, if we're still here, doesn't yeah. that mean we win?" And Robert Pattinson's like, "Not necessarily." But then the movie for the rest of the movie explains to you, no, yes, necessarily, yes, because yeah. we're still here. They like play with this, like, oh, the future doesn't believe in the grandfather paradox, and like we can still control things. But right. everything is controlled by like the fate of the movie, the parts we've already seen. So it's like the mm. movie tries to like play with what we normally think about these like paradoxes mm-hmm. and going to the future and the past, but then sort of in practice just exactly aligns with it almost. Well, y- yes, but then it kind of like try to pull uh, like an Avengers Endgame where you're like, if you remove one stone from the timeline, it branches off into an alternate reality. So I think what they were trying to say is that if that future places the bomb in the past and it goes off, 
then it would branch off into a catastrophic timeline. But their timeline, the one that they're set in, that the, the one that they're they're uh, like rested in the point of time, that still stays the same. They would just F up this branch off. That's how I took it. Well, it's it's tough because I mean we see absolutes. Like we see that the obviously throughout the whole movie, the the past or the future affects the past and the past effect. You know, like it is one solid uh timeline. Like Kat sees herself dive off the, you know, right. dive off the ship. It's not right. it, you know, it, that that's all the same timeline, you know? That, so. That's all the same timeline. But it's not like I don't know if you've seen Looper. But oh, yeah, it's like course. okay, so it's like when the guy is being disfigured, right. his his future yes. self is getting scarred, yes. right? Yeah, it's yeah. not like that. It's not yeah. like an automatic cause and effect thing. It's like it's, it's happening uh simultaneously. And I think that's best represented in the in the end scene with the mm-hmm. whole war going on. Right. It's like the and and that's confusing as hell too cuz there's a scene where you, uh, <laughs> Rob Pat is seeing the guy set the uh mine the mm-hmm. trip wire and yet then he has to be inverted to go and to try to stop them from going into the trip wire and i was wow. like oh my god i can't even understand that yeah i there is a lot of scenes there are a lot of scenes like that like the the gate scene with the the you know the when he gets shot like that scene i watched that 400 times i literally that was the only scene in the movie i went on youtube and i was like i need to watch like a diagram of how this worked forward and backwards because i don't understand how he got in there and closed the door when it was locked and then opened it like you know so i just like i watched that scene so many times i was like okay this is insane but i love this yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that was the part that was the most confusing part to me and i think also i don't want to talk about more in the end but like the robert pattinson part where he at the end is kind of safe right and then he's like oh i have to go back in and they're like yeah. he's like why no like it worked he's like well we can't take the chance that it actually worked and it's like he knows he's gonna die of course right? but it and it's it's part of it is like i think you could take it either way the way alan's saying where it's like if he doesn't die then maybe it creates this alternate reality where right. things are getting destroyed but then on the other hand it it could go the other way where he's like this is just how it is and it's like there's no way to fight it and it's already happened. So me, like, yeah. I have to go in there because it's just what happens. I yeah. can't do anything about it. Well, um, well the the only and the, I think it's so interesting, like the free will and you know determinism situation happening in that moment, especially especially like at the end. So it's like they ex- like uh, the protagonist experienced him dying there, but it would only happen if he goes back later. Like, had he not gone back later, he wouldn't have been there to sacrifice himself to die to right. open the gate. You know? So, like, he had to actually do that because it happened, which is hilarious. And that's what they're playing with is the fact that, you know, an action mm. created the cause, which is crazy. Well, here's it's an even more complicated grandfather paradox. Yeah. He- here's the more complicated way of looking at it, too, is that when he is on the battlefield and he gets reinverted. So he's he's right. correct now with mm-hmm. with everyone else. Racist. Uh <laughs> uh the dead body that he is is inverted cuz he right. rises back up from the dead to, mm-hmm. to take the bullet. Um so that means that when he leaves uh the protagonist at that moment, I guess he goes back to get inverted and then the whole thing plays yep. for him yeah okay. yeah. yeah yeah so that so we never even see his dead body oh. that's why that scene's so confusing we never see his dead body get 
killed. No, we so. we do. Well, no, we see it get unkilled. But in order for him to get killed, he has to go back in and oh, be inverted oh. again. So you're saying like he's basically the, killed twice. It's the same moment, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It we just never it differently. Yeah, he, we never. He never experiences it going forward in the red direction. Apparently, which is forward. And the blue direction is in the past. the The other thing that it, the the confusing part, and I don't want to get bogged down in, but the thing oh, that confuses, that's the confusing. Yeah, go no, ahead. no, I'm about to say the confusing part is yeah. like it feels like it feels like when they go into this machine, they go into this alternate timeline for a little bit where they have to go back. Yeah, but that like the real them might still be going, but it doesn't. And so like how it connects back up to where like if they go back in the past for a week and then they have to catch back up. Mm-hmm. They're simultaneous with themselves. Oh my god! There, and so just... and so. When do they connect back up? Do they have to fuck? Like, how do they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they're no, very you... clear about not touching. So, yeah, no, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Condoms. you see that <laughs> probably though. for that reason. Yeah, <laughs> we know what you're going to get up to if we let you touch. Don't do it. I mean, how can I not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fun fun fact: condoms invented by the Tenet Corporation. Yeah. Um, no, but the the. I think that is best represented and shown in the airport scene mm-hmm. when they get back to it. And then you start seeing that fight sequence in the invert inverted real time. Right. Oh. And then well, it's almost, like, it, it's almost like a yo-yo. So he goes, yeah. well, he goes past it well, ho- hold and on. then if comes you, back it, it and then like, but I don't know how it connects back up. Yeah. If you shut up for a minute, I can explain. I don't it think you. you're not going to explain it in a way that makes sense to me. I'm just going to tell you right now. But go ahead. Look. All right. All right. They are two days in the past, right? Sure. Okay. So he has to, like you say, yo-yo back through that fight scene into the machine. So when you first look at that scene, it looks like, because you're not supposed to know that's John David Washington anyways. But when you look at that scene, it looks like he's trying to shoot himself, but he's dodging out of the way of the bullets. But then when you see it in his time, he's actually purposely missing him, mm-hmm. right? Which I think is one of the cool moments of the film. Oh, yeah, it's really cool. Um, but when he gets back into the machine and it reverts his way and he runs past, uh, um, I was going to call him Diego. Neil. Neil. Our pats. Um, Batman. Um, when he does that and he runs past him, he has to go back to meet the other Arpat to say, hey, it's good. But then it's kind of confusing, right? Because when he's like, hey, it's good, it's in reverse. But I guess that R-Pat just understands inverted language or he no, like no, he gets no. it. You mean the R-Pat that is carrying Debicki? Yeah. No, no, the, he's he's back to being. Not yet. It's when does he say it's good? OK, so he runs out to tell uh, the inverted R. He's not inverted anymore, right? He went through the machine. So yeah. he runs out to tell Arpat, it's good, go ahead, go ahead and invert both of you. And then she goes through and then comes back out. Yes. Right. Well, and I actually figured out why you're talking how it works. Is so like See, I told you I'd help. No, I mean, maybe. So like they're go you know, he's going forward and then he reverses and comes back, and then his other person's going forward. And as soon as they get to the point where he first inverted, then it's there's just one John David Washington again. So it's like a loop. And then going forward, and then it connects off because that one John David Washington is always going to go through the loop and come back. So that's how that's not infinitely going on. 
Alon's head just exploded. I, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Draw you a map. After this, bit. I'm going to draw a map. Well, hold like, on. The most I, fun about this is yeah. I'm going to be drawing diagrams for the next three days and just going <laughs> through various scenes and going, why did I watch this movie? Uh, <laughs> um, so let's like get a little bit back on the present timeline. Um, Which and one? I, shut the fuck up. So Anthony, uh, Alon, like during the day was like sending me some of your tweets about this. Oh, yeah. I had the same thoughts about like, how secretive everything is in the beginning. Yeah. Like, first of all, they take him to a windmill yeah. to like, hang out. <laughs> it's absurd. Like that, and that was like I was saying, I didn't know what the plot of this movie was. And as I was watching it, I was like, why are they treating it like it's a Dungeons and Dragons campaign or like a video game? Like it feels like you go to one location, you get this tiny sliver of a like puzzle piece. I'm like, this is all an email. Send this man an email. <laughs> well, and then he gets off of the windmill, which, first of all, he uh, at one point is doing pull-ups on the ladder in the windmill, yeah. and he decides to go 50 feet in the air to yeah. then start doing the pull-ups. It was like three uh, rungs, and you're like, good. Like, what do we yeah. It's kind of a safety issue. Then he gets out of the windmill, takes the boat to shore, has a guy get out of a car that he gets into, and then he goes to a place, sneaks in, uh, Clemence Posey, who Clemence Posey, who plays the um, the lady scientist. scientist, Barbara is her name, although I don't know how we know that. And uh, she's like, no small talk. I don't. And all of that is like, I was like, this is so fucking weird until like you realize that they're susceptible to attacks from the future. Right. So knowledge is like, like yeah. is the weapon against them so it all makes sense but it seems so comical as you're like watching this movie well, i also i do find it pretty hilarious though that like okay are you saying that no one from the future they can get like we live in a twilight world like they can figure all those things out but they can't figure out this and the fact that people keep randomly using the word tenant you know like come on i'm pretty sure that guy was really smart you know Sater is a smart guy he's a piece of garbage but he's a smart piece of garbage i'm pretty sure he wouldn't crack that code I think one of the strongest points of this film is how bad Sater is written. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't mean like he's badly written. I mean, he is like an evil motherfucker, right? And so to show that and, and how they show that throughout the film, it's like you're just spending your entire time watching this movie being like, I want this guy dead. And I think that's like, it feels really good when that happens. Like, like the ending feels like, you as the audience just feel really uh, good about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But what I find so interesting and I had to look this up is there's something and I know, Anthony, you found it because you posted it on Twitter mm-hmm. and I was mad at you because I was like, oh, damn it. But the Sater Square. It's really interesting. It's really it cool. Is when you look at really it. cool. And David, if you don't know, there's like, like a st- the, you know, the five words or whatever. Five words with a stone tablet. But they um, they come up. Uh, in the movie like all five words come up in the movie and i think yeah, it's the, like satyr arepo tenant um opera opera and then rasa yeah it's yeah. a palindrome right yeah yeah and the the fact that like each of those is connected between like satyr and the um Ro- rotas right yeah that's it um rotas company is the company that he founded and then you have um, opera and then Arepo, which kind of don't it's have anything fake. to do with each other. Yeah, Arepo is the forgery guy, and then opera is the location of that happens. The coolest thing about Tenet, and I didn't really think about this until I, I saw it, but at the end, 
when both the red and the blue, the inverted and the non, both had 10 minutes to do what they needed to do. Tenet is 10, 10, but palindrome of 10, 10. So you have 10 going forward and 10 going backwards. And that's mm-hmm. that mirrors the, the ending battle. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Nolan. Cool. Well, so Arepo is the guy who makes fakes. And right. then the opera was a fake opera. It wasn't the Ukrainian opera. It was also in Estonia. So maybe that's what it means. I doubt it. And uh, apparently that place was like abandoned for 10 years. So they had to like, they built so much shit for this. They built real buildings for that final scene to blow up. They really crashed a plane. Um, I I read that they were, um, they were looking to like do miniatures and then just found a bunch of abandoned planes. Like it might be more efficient to just crash a real plane. Wow. They they were thinking of doing it. The plane crash, they were thinking of doing it CGI and they actually found out that it was cheaper to crash a real plane. That's, that's probably true, yeah. That's and it nice. would look better than like a Marvel movie. So they're like, yeah. let's just do it this way. Yeah. So. Um, so let's get back to it. I, 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 I like how little they explain the Clements Posey character is supposed to be like explaining this to you. And she's just like, as we've said, inverted entropy. Don't think about it too much. And then oh, you start God. bringing up the, the free will versus fate stuff. And she's like, well, it wouldn't have happened if your glove wasn't there. Which I do think like, the more you watch that scene, the more you do understand it once you've seen the rest of the movie, the more right. that she is telling you. But just it, it's like going right. to like a, a training where you're like, well, I've never had to use this in real life. So it's like I'm not I don't even understand how to listen to it. Like you don't of understand course. how to listen to what she's telling you. I felt that oh, I felt the same way until we get to like a, about that halfway point or a little bit past that. And I was like, oh, everything makes a lot more sense now with the way that you're you're they're describing it and the way that you're seeing it it's playing out in front of us um especially once he actually goes back with it for the first time but that scene in particular his in particular pissed me off so much just because i was like he needs i know she says don't think about it but that wouldn't stop me or any person <laughs> from asking a million questions it, like i just wanted him at the very least to you like to catch a bullet and then shoot it again immediately to see if you can do it like double like a like because now it's in the gun I want to, yeah. you know, like I just shot, I just got it. I want to shoot it. I was like, how did he not do that? And why didn't we see that happen in the movie? Like, you know, it's just like, oh, I'm just because the bullet itself was inverted, not him at that moment, you know? So he, right. or, you know, he could have shot the bullet. Although you have to kind of, I don't of... think he could have because the no, bullet he could have, but that's it's... the question. And he doesn't try. And that's, uh, <laughs> well, he should have tried. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, if you I have agree a gun, with that. If you have a gun, like it's, I guess it's a like a deterministic question where it's like um, if you if a guy goes back in time and he's like you know and tries to shoot someone suddenly the gun won't work suddenly it's clogged or something you know like like fate won't allow it to happen I was like well how do you how would you explain that like if he can't well it's fire kind of gun. like and the biggest fault of of her character explaining this to him is she gives no explanation yeah. about the machine that goes that you can invert people with yeah. right yeah. and so it. it the film tries to kind of make up for that. So Aaron Taylor she might Johnson, not even know, she might not even know about she it. Might not even know, but the film knows. Okay, yeah. and <laughs> she should have read the script. Is what we're saying. Have read the script. No, but what I'm saying is that the the film makes up for that. So when Aaron Taylor Johnson comes on and they're in that red and blue room, he says to the protagonist, "Listen, you can't go into the machine unless you see your other half go into the machine on the other side." And that kind of answers your question, Anthony, where it's like, 
well, what if you're about to go into the machine, but then you look over and your and your body double isn't there, then something is, you know, for a fact that something is about to stop you from going to that machine. So either you're about to get shot or you're about to get pulled back by someone. So I think that's like, yeah, it's there's a chick- like it's it's a chicken and the egg thing, right? Like yeah. the you know the inverted the egg or whatever, whichever way you want to go. And it's like you don't see it, so you don't go. But you don't go because you you don't didn't go because right. you weren't inverted. Um, one thing that you, Anthony, what you just said that made me think is like you know she's like oh the bullet wouldn't have come to your hand if you didn't put your hand there if you didn't drop it. But that's like. Yeah. I, could any hand have done it or only his? Only his. Could- because he he wasn't holding the bullet. Like that's what that's how time would work. He didn't put the bullet in his pocket later. He was like, oh, now I have it. Now it's on the ground. That's just right. a flying bullet. That's just a magic. Well, bullet. What I'm saying, yeah, because if he puts it back down, he could do it again. And then also, like, uh, for for a, for uh, a bullet for a bullet. Hold on, for a bullet to be reverse shot, it has to be the gun yes. that shot it initially. Yes, no how- other gun. Right. But it, when she first describes it, it makes it seem like, I don't know, any gun. I don't like it's it's not about it's not about circumstance. It's about intention. So it's like if you're standing well, that's what there, she says, but that's what I'm saying, too. If well, you disagree, yeah, you can't disagree with what I'm saying. If it's what the movie's saying, it already <laughs> happened. He already disagreed. What happens, happens. <laughs> what happens, happens. No, but I think one of the coolest parts of that is where she like puts the bullet down and it starts spinning on its own, but then you don't see that she like flicks it to him. Right. But then when he like gets it, it, he flicks it to her. But you're watching that whole interaction in reverse, mm-hmm. right? So with the gun, that gun, I think the only plot hole that might like be there is the fact that okay, is it enough for the bullet to be inverted? Does the gun have to be inverted too? That's yeah. Uh- well, you know what though, he, since he is the protagonist and he set this all up in the future, he probably is the one that dropped the bullet. He is the one that shot that bullet. He's the one sending all this shit back to her so that they have the knowledge in order to fight this. So that's just well, like an is, explanation. How is how are they getting it? They're stealing it from Sater. No, she's saying it's getting sent back to us and they don't really know how, but they what we find out later in the movie is that he has his own machine. He could be sending it back because in the future he knows when how all this... When do we find out he has his own machine? No, the, the Indian lady has her own machine and then we find out that he is actually her boss. Oh, okay, okay. The Indian lady, yes. Okay, okay, sorry. Uh, Priya. Um, Priya. Oh, we haven't gotten to that scene yet, but... Yeah, that... we need to hurry up. Yeah, so yeah. Let's, get to, let's get to India. And uh, when we get to India, I was like, why are we in India? And then he explains it in a little bit that like they trace the bullet because he did mention that like, yeah. oh, let's trace the bullet. And they trace it. The oh, apparently the only place in the world is Mumbai. Uh, but I, that that whole I mean, I like, OK, first of all, like I said, didn't know anything about this movie. I uh, didn't know Robert Pattinson was in it uh, first. And I they kept saying uh, it's a Twilight World, and then I saw Robert Pattinson. And I was like, "Oh, it is a Twilight World indeed." Here we go, Robert Pattinson. But I, <laughs> I liked him a lot in this movie. I was like, "All right, let's do this." Um, but that scene, I was just like, "I don't understand." If they could trace it back to this man, he's he's he ha- he has his tendrils. This man is like well connected in the CIA and uh, all these various agencies and such. It's super secretive. If he is a part of this tenant thing, do they not have any way to co- communicate? 
with other members of Tenet. So what I found interesting is, first of all, it's not him, right? It's his wife. It's his wife. Right, 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 of course. That, but he thought I was just it. speaking in terms of what he knew at the time. No, no, no. Right. And and so then when you later find out that um, she purposely gave the protagonist the information about uh, Plutonium 241, yes. you find out that it, it's almost you you wonder they knew that he was going to infiltrate their house, right? Right. So then it's like, well, then they made it maybe too easy for him. They could have well, called okay. off half of their security officers. That, okay, that, well, that's what I was going to say is like the thing that bothered me about it is like they were on this, I mean, not, it gets more complicated than this, but they were on the same team as far as they knew the ten, with the <laughs> tenant and the, you know, hands and such were in, but they went into her house and murdered her guards. <laughs> like, uh they choked one out uh, and they he, shot the other they one. shot the other one the other rob, one rob, rob, rob pat yeah. rob pat shot that guy in cold rob blood. Pat like shot how, that guy in cold blood and killed him for sure i like how he tells one of the security like, guards to uh he's like dude eat your food it's getting cold yeah that was fun that was, don't let it get cold I, I, you, you know what though anthony to be fair it was never explained okay think about it they choke out one he tells the guy to go in the corner and he's holding the the guys in the security room with the security cameras hostage, yeah. even telling him to eat, right? There is nothing in that moment that tells us that that other one who was shot wasn't shot with some sort of trank. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's just pretend it was a trank. I got so you. I'm make Alon happy. Make Alon happy. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, it's all about me. Okay, no blood on Batman does not kill people. He just I'm, beats the shit out of them. He's That's the right. protagonist. Well, when they talk about double protagonist and double inverted antagonist, do you guys kind of think that because John David Washington keeps saying he's the protagonist. When they said that there's two two protagonists, you think Neil was the other one? Well, I think there were many protagonists. I actually think this whole story um, is Christopher Nolan playing with story structure and having fun with like the hero's journey. I actually think that I, I I can't prove this, but I think that he made a save the cat joke by making the female protagonist named Cat and having All her right. need to be saved. Um, and then she ends up basically freeing herself, becoming another protagonist. Dude, um, when, when, and I think you, I think a, a big problem, also like not a problem with this movie, is that you can see the twists coming from a mile away, um, especially when you kind of start to understand what this movie is about. Yeah. As soon as I knew um, there was time travel, I was like, oh, that's him fighting himself for sure. But I'll tell you, I still didn't understand how it was happening. And I was like, it was, it was very unsettling. And like the music had me like, like anxious. For, a lot forget time. how it was happening. How was this shot? Yeah. I want to know how like the technicality of shooting the scene. Well, you know, right. it's also funny too, though, is like, even if you're like, oh, he's fighting himself, mm-hmm. but Robert Pattinson was also fighting him. Yeah. I like, and then cat was diving off her own ship like i think you start to realize that towards the end but then like how it connects and the the other thing too is so you guys were talking about like the protagonist name and all that i think what's interesting is when you see this movie in a whole you realize that the reason he doesn't have a name and he's just named the protagonist is because in the future he has decided to do that to not give his name so he can't be found so that he because he's he's kind of fucking john connor well, yeah. of this it, whole thing, kind of like yes, but it's <laughs> that's a that's a fun way of looking. Well, at he's it. not yes. fucking John Connor; he is John Connor. The, don't get the people wrong. Like, he yeah, because that would make Cat John Connor. So you're right. <laughs> so she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or is Neil John Connor? And that's a that's we're a all John Connor. John we're all John. We're all protagonists. In I, death, we are all John, John Connor. Connor. Yes. <laughs> um, 
but if project you, protagonist everyone's gun con <laughs> i mean if you want to look at it that way you could see that like neil's a protagonist in his own story yeah. the protagonist is the protagonist and then cat is also a protagonist in her own story right mm-hmm. because the the minute and i think this is another one of the coolest moments of the movie the minute you figure out that she was jealous of the woman who she witnessed jumping off the ship right. it's like wow i didn't take you for the jealous type i, I was jealous of her freedom she becomes the person that she wants to be free. And I think that's beautiful. Like that's a beautiful way of looking at it. And I think like Anthony said, it's, it's Nolan playing with story structure. Yeah. Um, She uh, also, after she jumps off the ship, drags his dead body behind the boat, which I was like, so this is the cool, a cool part too. And I, and I was going to get to it more, but I'll just like plant the seed now is that remember when they said after Vietnam, after the yacht thing, he disappeared for like 14 days or something like that. So he's dead. (laughs) It's because he's dead. But, but when she showed him her scar, he's, he's the one. Okay. That's the satyr that's been with us the whole time. There's only one satyr. No, there's not. Yeah, there is. There's not. As we've explained, there's only one. They just, it's, you know, whether it loops and all that. I, what you could say is like, there's no way that there's only one because the he let the one there's only one of each person yes there's okay well damn it and also this is when he is going to because this is when he's going to kill himself so all Mm -hmm. the other stuff he's done he's gone into the future he's inverted himself to get all the way back to this moment where it detonates and kills he's then able to kill the world I, so then explain this then, because when um, who's the the Indian guy that he's like, he's the one who crashed the plane. He's the one who grabbed the boat. Was his name? I mean, once again, I don't know if we know anyone's name, but I know who I you're know. talking about. I like that guy, though. The Indian guy with the beard. Right. Yeah. We're all on the same page. Yeah. So when he's driving the boat, his name Kat, is Mahir. We do actually. We do hear his, his, name. his name. Well, I don't know if we hear his name. I had subtitles on because in real quick, when I saw this in theaters, you couldn't hear shit of the dialogue of this movie. Well, I, oh, it's so funny. I wrote a post about, like, about that because I saw a lot of those complaints, but when I was watching it at home, I didn't have that problem. So I was, no. maybe it was like a, what a did you have subtitles thing. on? No. Yeah. I, I definitely could hear it better, but I also had subtitles on it wow. like in theaters. And so I guess that's like, it's also a chicken in the egg. Is it? Is it uh, Nolan's fault? Is it the theaters can't fucking do it right? But that's funny. I mean, yeah, I heard it. I heard it fine this time. Well, so okay, I was I was gonna say just about the audio. I did notice there were a couple scenes where I was like, I bet people complained about this, but I kind of liked it stylistically. Like when um, Robert Pattinson was walking through the uh, the Freeport, and he's walking yeah. through looking at, but he's looking at all of the fire extinguishers and all of the stuff where where the guy was trying to explain what everything is. And we don't really hear what that guy is saying. And I was like, I wonder if people complained about this because the dialogue is really weird, whereas the music is super there's loud. There's a, a lot of John David Washington's The like, music was, was super loud, wasn't it? Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's my one complaint about the audio is that the music overtook the scenes multiple times. But I think that was a stylistic choice. Yeah. The, the, the thing that I hear about Nolan and what he's done, and I hear that this is in Dunkirk too, mm-hmm. is that he records 
the audio. He records the vocals of the actors on the same mic that the explosions are happening because he wants the audience to feel like they are right there. So it wouldn't, you wouldn't feel like you wouldn't, I know. Maybe it's deafen us with uh, Oppenheimer. It's like Oppenheimer. He really is. You die at the end when it explodes. Like everyone dies. If you go see it. He plants one of those bombs in the opera in every movie theater that Oppenheimer is shot. I don't know. Yeah. It's, um, crazy. But but Love. you guys understand what, what I'm saying, right? It's like if if there's gunfire happening in the scene and there's right. two characters trying to talk over the gunfire, mm-hmm. we're not supposed to get a clear audio file of their conversation. We're supposed to have trouble as much as they're having trouble li- hearing each right. other. Right. And I think you know I mean? stylistically, that's like a good way to look at a movie, but also that's kind of a dumb way to look at it. It's frustrating. That's, that, that that wasn't the only that wasn't the only issue. There were times where John David Washington and uh, Robert Pattinson are just having a conversation, explaining things, and he kind of he kind of talks low, and you know the the audio was not mixed well. There was two like for the theater, and like I was just like, oh, I don't know what's. I don't know what he just explained. I don't know what knowledge he has right now. Yeah, I think my the 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 only time where it was an issue for me at all was when they were on the boat, <clears throat> when Seder is pushed off the boat, like right before he gets pushed off. Um, when he's talking to the protagonist, and I was just like, I can hear them, but why does it sound like they're speaking through like like styrofoam or something? Like it sounds like what is it? Because the radio is actually the, yeah. shit radio. Yeah. It's like this is terrible. also explain to me a radio system like a walkie-talkie radio that goes from freaking Vietnam to Siberia, Kazakhstan, mm. or wherever they are in. Right, Kazakhstan. <laughs> the I mean Russia, Russia. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, what, wh- one thing we skipped in the Mumbai part that I really love is, and we talked about the salon before, but the, uh, diet Coke, cause you don't drink on the job. And he's like, I prefer soda water. He's like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. And when you first see it, they pass it off as, you know, I've steadied you, you know, I looked up your file or whatever. Right. Um, but it's obviously why he knows this, but also it's bungee jumpable. And he's like, that's not a word. He's like, it may not be a word, but it's our only way out. I, I love his I like just that. like calling him out for like you knew what the fuck i meant <laughs> yeah oh yeah i love that too i think with a really strong um like a, a strong thing that this movie has is that it has a lot of uh plot and detail to explain to us so we understand the rules of this world um but then it also does a really good job in developing this friendship between the two main characters. Oh yeah. And so at the end of it, it's heartbreaking because you know what happens and they, they Mm -hmm. split apart, but it wouldn't be heartbreaking if you didn't value their relationship. And I think that's what this movie does is that at the same time, it's trying to explain to you all this shit about inversion and bullets and Sater and red and blue room and whatever it is. It has dialogue in this that is like, cementing these characters as good friends yeah i i love that but i i i shouldn't say but but i'm going to like i did love that but i feel like it was like a have your cake and eat it too moment because he's like he and he kind of alludes not just alludes he directly says we've had this whole life together essentially he's like you know we've done all this stuff that you're not familiar with yet but you you'll see it's like the bill and ted thing you know it's like give my love <laughs> to the princesses and it's like you'll see like and the protagonist doesn't know yet, but he's going to go have a whole sequel, a whole series with this character at some point in the past. Well, 
I'm about to tell some tell you guys something that's going to blow your freaking minds. Ready this for this? This is actually a Batman movie. This is uh, actually a Batman. No, um, <laughs> I read and then I fact checked this and I looked at this movie in a different way. Um, and I was like, oh, it could be Neil is Cat's son. And that's how they meet. And that's why he knows him for so long. That's interesting. No, is no, there any yes. evidence of that? No, no. So because how could that be? Because I well. Well, first of all, forget if he, age. Do you, if you go back in time, don't you? Doesn't he turn into a little boy again? Like, how does yeah, that work? Yeah, because they weren't going back in time. They were. They were going back. I mean, in they, time. no, of course they were going back. To, but like, that's interesting, though. But actually, no. Well, here's the other thing, though. It could be. It, but if why? you, I don't think it's right. No, but I don't think so either. Go on. If you invert, it's not time travel. Yeah. You have to spend all the time okay. it takes yeah. to invert. Right, but what's an interesting point is that when they so first... do you de-age? Entropy is reversing, though. Does that mean you get younger? So... No, do you get less orderly? <laughs> yeah, like, or you get more orderly? Would so you the... become? Do you eventually become? I'm not a scientist, so the, the couple ways you can look at this is that Robert Pattinson is the only character in this that dyes his hair, and so is that like to throw you off on the fact that, or he doesn't want, he doesn't want himself to be recognized in the in the past his past right or is it like the fact that um he um was taking special care and asking the protagonist when they first meet what are you willing to do and he goes are you willing to take kids as hostages so it's like it's like and that kind of comes back in the end so it's like is he trying to protect himself as a kid I don't know. I read a lot of evidence. It seemed like really cool. And if you kind of think about it, it it kind of makes sense. I mean, it kind of doesn't, but it also kind of does. And if it is, it's really fucking cool. That that does raise the question about the aging, de-aging thing. Mm-hmm. Like, how does reversing, do you just not age until you get back to the point you're at again? Because eventually... What if, you're, what if you time travel back to a point where there is no... It's not, ta- it's not time travel. What kind of is? Because they time travel back two days. No, except you're not time traveling. You have to you have to live all that time backwards. It's Okay, so then what if how does Seder okay go ahead? Just real quick. What if he does he sat in a room for twenty five years years. reading books, watching movies? He's very wizened. But it's not it's not so far fetched, right? Because if he does do that and then he kinda goes and he reinverts himself, why? Because you could do a lot of a lot of things with the knowledge of the past or the knowledge of the future in the past. But he, he, he hits on his mom at one point. He's like, Oh, don't worry, baby. You're going to live. You guys don't remember that scene. I remember the, the making out real hard. I don't know. What, you know, what version did you guys watch? Oh, real quick, um, I, want, I also want, I also want to say that um, this bring the movie brings up the grandfather paradox. And the only other place I had heard that was Futurama. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've watched Futurama, but yeah. in that, he goes back and kills his grandfather and then sleeps with his grandmother yep. to become his own grandfather. And I always assumed that was the grandfather paradox, not just killing the grandfather and like still that's living. Amazing. But the, yeah. the, the best explanation I've ever seen of the grandfather paradox is in the umbrella Academy uh, show. Mm. They explain it in, in such detail and they explain it so well, but, um, but no, he doesn't, <laughs> He doesn't kill his grandfather and fucks his grandmother. Um, We've been going for an hour, so we need to start oh, speeding it up a little okay, bit. Okay, cool. 
Um, well, I do just want to say, how do if if they don't time travel for years and years and years, right? How do they know each other in the future? How is the past is past? And then how does Rob Pat have all that knowledge of them being friends? Well, okay, really, so there. Well, well, really, it's because Robert Pattinson, because you're thinking of time in a non-tenant way instead of in the way that he he lived all this life and now he's on his rebound coming back. So he actually has been. Tr- inverted for a while i guess uh, or he inverted a while to get back here he's john connor he was sent to the past through inversion to save the world and he does because he pulls them out so but um th- what's interesting about this movie to me too is that the movie is kind of shown from the red perspective like we get a little bit of the inversion but for the most part it's shown from john david washington who is kind of moving forward yes and uh Neil Robert Pattinson is sort of always kind of moving backwards. Like he's going in the same way as him, but like his journey is more backwards in totality. Whereas the other is like forwards, but I I still think, yeah, I mean, he did have to spend at least a good amount of time going. He said they had years of adventures in the future. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is because the only way for him to look that young and to know that is time travel. He, there's no time travel. I want to be clear. There is if he's just sitting inverted and going okay, back. Well, or that's good evidence for him actually being Kat's son. Yeah. And that's and, and it has nothing to do. Yeah. So their, their adventures together, he was just referring to <laughs> teaching him as a child, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, like that's. I think I, think I, just, so? I, I assume. Let's... He recruited him as like a teenager, like a like a Batman oh, and Robin situation. That's all I was saying. It's a Batman movie secretly. So, um, so he's a Catwoman. The protagonist is a groomer. I will. Yes, that's he imprinted <laughs> in the, on that child. He in learned the it from art Twilight. of Tenet. In the art of Tenet. Um, I will say, John David Washington, he doesn't have enough movies that where he's actually the protagonist. He's an amazing actor, and I would li- love to see him in more of like a. Like he should have his own like Mission Impossible franchise because he's he would make a cool action like a regular well, action his, hero. This is his James Bond, basically. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a spy it's thriller. Cool. Yeah, he but they're not making a Bond. sequel of this. <laughs> well, the buddy comedy that Anthony was talking about on, oh, on the pal- Twitter. Yeah, palindrome. Nice. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's speed through some of this. If you want to stop and talk about anything, we can do it. But Michael Caine showing up as always as some- himself. Exposing. <laughs> it's Sir Michael Caine. To yeah, you. they literally were like, "It's Sir Michael Caine." I was like, "Okay." <laughs> He's, he says he like has no. He had no idea what the movie was about. He was just given this little bit, but he's explained. You know, he gives a lot of exposition about he's how Sator grew up in this ghost yeah. city. Um, and this is like one of the few that wasn't given a new name and is like on the map. The way so like- he plays this character and he's explaining the stuff that happens in in Siberia sounds exactly like the way Alfred would explain. Well, your father was in Burma with me. And, you know, like that entire like thing in The Dark Knight. It's exactly how this plays out. And then there's this like contrived thing about how like, I, mean, I don't know, she's an art dealer. So. Mm-hmm. She sells a fake painting, which she later on says that she didn't do on purpose. And so this is John David Washington's in to get her. I love the scene where he's talking to her and then Sator's men come to try and beat him up. Oh, that was amazing. The way he just sort of like he's very nonchalant in the way he kicks people's asses. He's got a cheese grater at one point that he like fucking rubs this dude's face all up. That dude's fucked. Oh, yeah. 
Like he's he's in trouble for I'd almost be like, Santa, just shoot me. He's gonna be a Freddy Krueger extra for the rest of his life. That's all he's yeah. Her face, her face when she's in the car and she's crying and he comes out unscathed and she's like relieved and the guy who's driving her is like, Oh, get the fuck out of here. It's like that's a great moment in the film. Um, and then this leads to she tells him, Hey, I think the painting is in Oslo in this freeport. And so that leads to the plane scene, which when I first saw, I was like, man, it's a really cool scene that they're kind of wasting up front. And then we get to see it uh, again, like towards the end that, of the movie. That was cool. Um, I actually, I think I like the inverted version like better. I mean, just like, I think the way it's done, I don't I, know, just the whole thing is so cool. I think it was such a cool set piece. And like the, the way they did it was a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed, it, especially the inverted, when you get to see it again, he flies back through that fight. The second time was so much more like, rewarding um but i will say the whole time i was watching that that scene and that plan i was just like who what like they need like a mission impossible like string like someone go up in like the rafters or or, like you know go in the air vents or something why are they going why are they crashing a plane instead of sneaking into a building so it's (laughs) this moment it's this moment when they're first being um shown through the freeport yeah and it's so quick and i feel like there's so many moments that i probably even missed watching mm-hmm. this. and i've seen this movie two and a half times yeah. um but there's a moment where remember when the guy's showing robert pattinson the freeport they go uh, yeah. to the air hangar oh, and yeah. he's like oh is this where they meet on the on the tarmac and the guy makes a joke. he's like they're private jets and he's private like jet. oh of course right robert pattinson looks at a couple of shipping crates that are in mm-hmm. the corner and you linger on those for like more than half a second. And those are the same kind of shipping crates that he was like, we need to go into those shipping crates to be transported inside the Freeport when they're inverted. Right. right. He was wrong, though, because he assumed that because that those shipping crates would end up inside the Freeport, but they were just delivered outside the Freeport. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, those he just got in the wrong ones. And I think that's just kind of funny how uh-huh. It's not a huge plot point, but if you catch it, it's like kind of a like a wink wink joke within the movie. I think that's mm-hmm. cool. I I um I really like how uh, when they're doing the plan to crash in the Freeport, Mahir's like they're like, "What if you could get caught?" And Mahir's like, "Well, obviously they'll assume terrorism, but like, <laughs> but you know, nothing's been not taken, wrong. so yeah, <laughs> no, he's... no, nobody's died, so I think I'm okay." Yeah, he's like, "I'll get you know, I'll get extradited, and I'll be There's fine." A- there's a great quote from Rob Pat and, and John Washington who are like, um, he goes, well, that seems a little bit dramatic. And he's like, no, not at all. And he's like, well, what kind of plane do we crash? And he's like, okay, that part's a bit dramatic. There's yeah, a lot of great one liners in this movie. No, that is good too. Um, and then, so what do we got? We got the whole plane thing. And then he goes, what does he go back to Mumbai to what, to talk to them again? To talk to uh, Priya again? Only when he's... No, only when he's inverted. So that happens later. Or when he comes back to be inverted, right? Well, no, no. So I think, doesn't he ask her to bring Priya? I I can't remember. I can't remember. I guess you're right. So he tells her. He meets up with her. No, I think he says he... I think he says they're going to go back to Mumbai, but I don't think they end up doing... They basically... They go straight to, to Bicky... And he tells her that he destroyed the painting, which I was like, oh, we're there. OK, yeah, yeah. He He's like Debicki. He tells her that they destroyed the painting. And at first I was like, oh, maybe he actually did because Sator might have gone back in time knowing it was destroyed. He went back in time to save it. 
so that he'd still have this right. leverage. Because uh, in that scene, but he just lied. Well, yeah, no, he did just lie. But that scene where she's like, "I'm calling the shots now," and then the plate gets pulled up, and he's like, "Are you? Are you really?" Well, if you look at this, this whole film is built on lies because the the one that he says about, um, oh, I I didn't tell him. I'm sorry. I said it's their standard procedure, right? It's like oh yeah, standard operating procedure, right? Um, the, the SOP. Yeah. But the, the, the fact, okay. So him lying to her about the, the destroying the painting is one of them, but also man, the protagonist lies a lot and he double lies too. When he told Sater that the bomb, the piece was in the BMW. And then he tells Neil, Oh, I lied to him. It's not in the BMW just so that he has the will to go and save cat. Right. And then once he does the inversion, he turns to him. He's like, actually, I did tell him the truth. It was like the double eye that was necessary for the moment. I love that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, I love the, the line from Branna about, did you fuck my wife yet? And he goes, oh, no, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. Which... So, okay. We didn't talk about the balls comment. Where oh, he said, I was about We're to talking about okay, it now. Okay, you. I was about to. <laughs> yeah, I... I, I I love he's like he's like you don't know what it's like to watch a man try and pull his balls out of his throat so he can breathe again like yeah, yeah. that that caught me off guard and I was I, off guard I was just like what is okay I guess and I I love the response to it where he's just like this isn't a thing you just said to me you know I'm just like okay <laughs> he's like we're gonna take you out back and do that to you now and he's like but do you like the opera but do you like the, yeah <laughs> yeah come on I just like it's such a spy thing like uh, also this this is kind of more of a global comment, but I just, I mean, I think this is fairly obvious, but it just sort of hit me in like full detail right now that this movie is like the movie is a palindrome. Like the movie is inverted to where we start at the opera mm-hmm. and then we end back at the exact same time as the opera, right? Mm-hmm. In Vietnam was the same exact time as the opera. Cause Seder went to the opera to get that piece while he was in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So like the whole movie goes to a certain point and then comes back like on itself. Do they though? Because what what happens? Because the end of we end in Vietnam. Uh, when when the protagonist kills Priya, that's in Vietnam. I mean, that's like that's like a very like tiny little ending at the end. But the like the main part of the movie ends like back in Vietnam when he kills her at the same time as they're doing the, you know, getting the thing away from the bomb. But Rob Pat and the protagonist are both at the opera during that time. So how how are they there? But also, they're in Siberia. You know, there's this um, inversion thing we've been talking about. Aware. <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Rob Pat's inverted, but uh, protagonist isn't at that point. Yeah, but they can go back and then they if inverted. motherfucker yeah. if they go back two weeks in inversion, they then have to live that two weeks. In inversion, okay, yeah, I guess. No, so. not in yeah. inversion. Like once the inversion's over, they go back forward and they have to live two weeks going forward. There is uh-huh. no time travel. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of okay, fine, but 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 even if, okay, so if what you said is, then my thing about Neil being the young boy is even more relevant. I I, I mean I don't care anymore about okay. your theory. <laughs> like, I just I don't know. care about it. Like. You've said your piece. It's possible. But I mean, I'm not going to argue over a fan theory that you read on Wikipedia, Alon. It was IMDb, you motherfucker, okay? 
I read the IMDb. I didn't read that. Nice. You didn't deep dive enough. All right. So at this point, at this point, we are. We're like um, 30 minutes into this fucking movie. No, no, yeah, no. So let's, let's, let's jump ahead a little bit yeah. here because um, when. I think we should jump ahead to the heist. I, that's what I was going to say. So when they're trying to get the um, what what they think is plutonium 241, um, I think like the whole getting all the trucks, cornering that one truck and getting in is pretty cool. But I don't think the movie kicks off really until um, Sater shows Kat the red room with all the guns lined up. She pulls the gun on him that that. Uh, John David Washington gives her in the past. Mm-hmm. And then we don't quite know, like as the audience, we don't quite know about the red and the blue room yet to the point where when he goes into the room that he's shut in and you see this red light, he kind of disappears from that. At that point, we're now on the highway and he gives this line to his thugs that he's like, tell me everything that or record everything that happens. Yeah. Tell me everything happens. But we don't know why he needs to know at that point. But then when we find out, it's like it's it's oh, the information to do that, that pincer move that Aaron Taylor Johnson was telling us about. Right. But as soon as that scene kicks off with the with the um, the highway chase, dude, when you see that cracked mirror on his SUV, you know, that's going to be like coming back around real quick. Oh yeah. That was the one I mean that was one thing about this movie where I was like if you have that perspective of the inversion, you know that's happening, you'd constantly be on the lookout for anything broken or just, you know changed or whatever. You know, wouldn't you? I would I, you know if you you see a hole in the wall and be like I'm not going near that hole ever again. You know like when he <laughs> when he goes when they go to that one room and he's touching the and he looks at the bullet holes and he's like what happened here? He's like it hasn't happened yet. I'm like I would not be near those. I'd be like, gotta go. We gotta get out of this room. Someone's about to shoot. You know, but he's just like, oh yeah, so I'm gonna pick up this gun and now it's me. You know, and he's like along for the ride. At that point, he doesn't really have the expertise or the right. experience to like think of that sort of stuff. Yeah. When you get back to that room again, oh, that so that's funny. when he's an expert on it. Yeah. And that's kind of what I love about the movie is that yeah, again, making fun of this of the hero's journey is that. And, and also, well, okay, so he becomes an amateur and an expert very quickly in this film. But the amount of information that Robert Pattinson pretends to not know, and 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 uh, uh, John David Washington thinks he's teaching Robert Pattinson, there's a turn in this movie where all of a sudden Rob Pat knows everything, and then John David Washington is like looking at him like, "Who the fuck are you, people? Like, what what is happening? You know." I um before we get into the inverted part with John David Washington, which is my favorite, I feel like if a uh, a convoy of a truck and two police cars is carrying plutonium, that they would start to notice that like, hey, we're kind of getting surrounded here. Yeah, one hundred percent. Should we do something about this, or should we just keep moving? What do we? I had to. I rewatched that scene a couple times because I was like, "How did this happen?" Like, I, you know, if I'm if I'm in traffic and I start yeah. noticing cars getting near me, I'm like, "I'm gonna speed up and get around this guy. This guy's a dick." Yeah. You know, like I'm gonna go. There's no way I'm gonna stay here. He, they're, and they're just like, "No, everything's good." No, oh, they're getting a little close. Well, I feel loved. I, I kind of like the shade that this creates. I can't see anything. This I think nice. the uh, I I think the fire truck kind of dismantles that um, yep. paranoia. 
right? Because you Lord see a fire. like last. Right. They're but surrounded. It, they have someone in the front, the back, and the right side for like already. It's like move over. Yeah. I yeah. mean, like if I saw a fire truck, it's like, oh, I better get out of the way. I'm going to change my lane and get away from this fire truck. I don't want to be in their way. No, yeah. not these guys. They're like, oh, they're, they're going to put me in a nice hug. All these vehicles. <laughs> I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable. The, the amount that how long it takes the police to realize that what is <sighs> happening. And they're like, OK, pull over. I'm like, bitch, they're not pulling over for you. Like, that's not. So when you're watching the the chase happen in like in normal mm-hmm. as opposed to reverse. Who's normal? Anyway, so it's No, I'm serious. Like, are, you, are you talking about uh the first time the chase happens? Okay, thank you. I thought you're driving me so this is why I'm an asshole. So anyway, when you're watching <laughs> it the first time, I was thinking as like Sater's car is going backwards, I was like, it's so hard to conceptualize the reverse yeah. of this, like how it works. But I was like, I kind of trust that Christopher Nolan has thought about this for six yeah. years. Yeah. He, he had hot wheels. He was hanging out yeah. And then you see it forward. You're like, Oh shit, he was right. That is how it would look. Yep. Well, I was confused on like, how did, how did Sater and his thugs get inverted? But then cat isn't inverted. Yet she's in the car that is moving in inversion. I was like, wouldn't that fuck her up? But I guess not. It, it, yeah, yeah, I don't. It's almost like they brought her through the He Well, he tells the guy, he's like, hey, take her, go with him. And so then he brings her through the exit so that she's not inverted. So she's not breathing this stuff. Yep. Because there's, I don't think there's any like rhyme or reason that you can't walk on the other side of that door. <laughs> like you're allowed to be there. No, you it are. Just, it's just not so, inverted. Yeah. 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 So he goes inverted. And I think Kat's not. And then all of his other guys, I think, were already previously inverted, I guess. Um, Is that why there was like, um, before they go into that room, there's like a gate and there's like the other side of that gate. And when she's walking in, she looks over and there's a guy in a car with the mask already on. That's the driver that that we're that about to just, meet. Yes. Okay. That just cool. went through the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, is it, but he's, he's actually probably like on the way back, maybe? Like he's already <laughs> yeah, over. he's on the way back. Yeah. yeah. So, this movie's yeah. so fucking cool. It, it I also crazy. like. I can't wait to watch this again. That's what's like. Oh yeah, so I'm seriously gonna watch this like two more times this week. Yeah. But so yeah. we finally get to meet fucking Aaron Taylor Johnson, who's just like so badass in this. He really is awesome in this freaking movie. I was have like, have you seen the the Craven yes. trailer? Yes. yes. Actually, like people have so fun, much actually. problems. If you read like all the comments, people are like, "Oh, he was the wrong actor to pick for this." No, what I were they thinking? Cool. I'm like, "Are you nuts? He looks cool. amazing." I think it's fun. I think like for what they're doing, I I get that people like some people are like over them trying to make villains into these antiheroes and stuff. But like I like that they're like, hey, this is a villain origin story. But yeah, of course he's going to think he's the hero until he makes some terrible choices. That's I what think, makes a fun villain sometimes. You that know? is al- that is always the thing where it's like um, Tom Hardy's character is kind of like the villain later on, but right now he's the hero. Like it is yeah. just like a. I guess you either accept it or you don't. Like it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like like I'm old enough to like have seen Daredevils. Like I'm I'm about to watch the Captain America 1991 movie. There there are allowed to be variations of characters. It's gonna keep happening. So I'm like, yeah, okay, give us a Craven the Hunter movie. Like, fine, I'll watch it and check it out. It seems like fun. Well, we're also getting the the PS5 Spider-Man 2 video game with Craven the Hunter as the main villain in that. And I'm yeah. and I'm, you know, they're mixing media and mixing multiverses. So I'm excited to see oh. that interpretation alongside this live action interpretation so that yeah for sure that's gonna be fun 
So um, I I like when he's about to go out and Aaron Chandler Johnson's like, you know, fire's going to feel like ice, like and the other person's telling him this. And um, he just keeps saying, he keeps asking questions and Aaron Taylor Johnson's just like, cowboy shit. Cowboy shit. <laughs> he's like, the cowboy I drive, drive cowboy shit. Yeah. Um, and then you see him try and drive and he's just like, oh, this is so weird. But the other thing, the final thing from this part before we move on is I, one, I don't understand how Sator gets the piece because it kind of gets away from Sator. The box goes back to the forward moving John David Washington. And then the piece had fallen into the inverted John David Washington somehow. And so now I guess Sator knows where it is and then he'll just grab it later. But like, oh my God, the, the coolest part of that scene is when John David Washington and you don't know this yet because this is the first time you're watching this scene. He sees himself in that crashed car yeah. and he knows to throw it to himself. But you don't get why until you see the inverse of this and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my God, he threw and it that's, to himself. And, and that's how he knows that he's supposed to go through. Yes. Right. Um, and then I guess Sator sees that, oh, it eventually went into inverted John David Washington's car. So when I go back. Yes. I'll just mm-hmm. I'll just invert a little bit and go in that car that's sitting there and grab it. <laughs> Dude, I would be so freaked out if I saw a car that came out of like a horrible crash and yes. then all of a sudden I was yeah. in it. I'd be like, holy fucking shit. I was in that. Yeah. I was, I'm going to be in that crash. And why is it freezing? And why, is it freezing? <laughs> why is it frozen solid? Yeah. Um, so next they go. They're in a container on the way to Oslo because they're they need to keep cat inverted for four to five days. So they're like, oh, let's just go back a week to Oslo, which I guess it's funny that they need to go back to Oslo. But the only reason they're doing it is to save her. But they need to do it because they already did it. But I guess the only reason they are is for her. Right. There is no other reason they need to save her because she's integral to the end of the movie. Yes. Um, but they don't know that at the time. It's just because John David Washington wants to bang her eventually if they save the world is what it seems like. You know, you say that, and I, I was even thinking that, but I think their relationship is... I'm going to sound like a loser saying this, but I think it's more of a romantic one than a sexualized one. I think it's like they have this mutual respect for each other, but I don't think there's like there's not constant sexual tension between the two characters. It's like some over the clothes stuff. You think? <laughs> yeah. 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 Some like, yeah. Heavy petting. They call it. He's like, I'm best friends with your son, lady. <laughs> <laughs> just like, there's some Neil is like, I want to bend your mom. so bad. And that's why like Neil, like kind of like throughout the movie periodically, like looks at him weird. Like, are you my stepdad? What's happening? <laughs> um, so now, uh, I think now is when we actually go to Priya and she explains it's an algorithm and that she already knew that. And he's like, well, why didn't, you know, why don't we stop it? And she's like, you know, we're not going to stop. You told me, you know, we did this on purpose and it is, was him who told her that. Um, and also the, the, the way they explain it, how like we're moving forward and they're trying to invert backwards. And if the balance gets too much, it's just like, destroys us i guess that wasn't that was um shit i moved forward a little too much that's robert pattinson explaining that that's robert pattinson explaining it what she was saying is that you're about to tell me because he was like why did you send me on this wild goose chase and she's like well i needed to and he's like well when you go back and you see me two days from now you're not going to do that and she's like 
I am, I am. because yeah. I have to because uh-huh. what's happened happened. Yeah. And he's and he's like, well, you don't know this thing. And she's like, you're about to tell me. And then he goes, no, I'm not. I'm the protagonist of the situation. And therefore, I call the shots now. And that's when you start to finally get the hint that like it is him in the future calling the shots. But not like it hasn't like fully connected yet. But that's when you get mm-hmm. the hint that it's it's there. Like the pieces are there. Right. And then we find out that the good guys have their own turnstile and we're heading oh, offshore. Couldn't that have come up way earlier. Yeah. And then Debicki's like, oh, by the way, I haven't mentioned that my husband's got terminal cancer. Um, <laughs> what did that help? Yeah. You know you what? Mean, there's di- more motive than we knew about previously. Okay. Also, um, if time is like. <laughs> Well, while you think about that, couldn't he live forever? He just keeps going backwards. Like if he stays inverted, he just like uncreates his his illness. Well, no, not that necessarily, but just like, I mean, well, because you're traveling in time, but your body's still organically traveling forward. Is it though? I don't know, though. They don't really explain it. I imagine. No, it it is. It. I imagine it is. You're still old. You're still you're still aging. You're still although. uh, Although if an explosion is ice and ice is an explosion, right. then the, maybe mm. your pancreatic cancer turns into something good and marshmallows. And, yeah, marshmallows. You just pick it out of yourself. <laughs> so I was actually thinking earlier, I didn't want to, I was like, this is dumb. But since you mentioned Limitless, I was like, wait a second. What if they inverted that pill and it instead of killing people or putting them in a coma, it awakened their brains. So instead oh, the, of putting the them cyanide in cyanide pill, yeah. Yeah, the cyanide pill. So instead of putting them to sleep in a coma, they inverted it and it awakens your brain and it is Limitless. <laughs> And that's that's where the limitless. I, you know what? Honestly, that's a good thought. But I think when you invert a pill, all you do is if you try to swallow it, it just keeps coming back up. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> he's like, I can't so, get this thing down. And then she, he's like, you know, when do you think he'll do it? And you said there was this time where you're happiest. And she's like, oh yeah, Vietnam. And I was like, man, that looks so much like Italy. And it was Italy. <laughs> so they had um, the yacht that uh, you've never been to Vietnam, Italy. similar enough i guess it's just funny when someone's like what's the happiest moment of your life and you're like vietnam and i'm just thinking like oh like all the all the soldiers coming back from nam yeah like like, every time i've heard the words vietnam in my life it's been in that context exactly so so it's like okay it's actually quite a lovely place now um i i just think that like you would be like traveling you're just like there's so many fucking italian people in vietnam like what the hell's (laughs) going on here um yeah, so they set this all up. He's like, you go back. And I love the little setup for the end where he's like, if you know, you ever feel like you're in danger, right. call this number. Um, and it's for posterity a lot, posterity. which is not a, not a fake word. Now, I was I never said it was fake. I just kept getting propriety and, and posterity mixed up. But um, prosperity. Do you do you know what he means when he says that? Like when you say something for posterity, it's just like for like you know for, for like the future the yeah yeah okay okay that's yeah. what i thought well it's like i it was one of those moments where i was like okay that's chekhov's information let's check off cell phone you know it's like uh you guys know about that like chekhov's gun like if you introduce a gun in the first act that has yeah. to fire by the third act well that's what i thought about the gun that that john david washington gives cat is yes, like oh that's how and and it's funny too right because because that's how he gets the gun to shoot her in the blue room in the first place because mm-hmm. she has the gun yeah. on her i was like damn it yeah it's crazy is she schrodinger's cat because you don't know if she's gonna like she is schrodinger's she's in that when she's in that little thing heading backwards you're like is she gonna live or is she gonna die 
if she yeah, she's in the tinfoil we don't know she's both alive and dead in there it depends on if we look <laughs> well what's funny is that isn't that car in um inverse inverted right so that car is heading backwards in inversion but that means it would have to start at a point right it didn't start in a crash it was starting at a point and so my well, the, thought, the container's well, not in, the, no no the container's not inverted it didn't go through the thing how is it going backwards though when no one has the foot on the gas it's not going backwards it's moving just i i don't know but it's not going backwards no it's inverted it's inverted which car you, the car you that 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 cats in and the and Sater and his guy both jump out of and uh, the protagonist has to jump in it to slam on the brakes or it crashes into that group of cars. That's what well, doesn't make sense is they say materials need to be inverted, but like I thought you were talking about the shipping container that took them to Oslo. Whether no, no, no. that was inverted, no, I'm but talking the car, about the, we don't, but the, the car. cars. Could an inverted person go in a normal car? Holy hell, David. I was trying to tell a joke and you're fucking it up. What I was just trying to get to is that if that car is inverted, it was moving backwards. It didn't come out of an inversion from a crash, right? So yes, he pushed the brakes at the right time, but wouldn't it have stopped anyways with him pushing the brakes or not? That was your joke? It was more of an explanatory like (laughs) joke making fun of it. But you know what? Never mind. You've ruined it. You've ruined it for everyone. I feel, I, yeah, I feel like we had a good joke that was about we were all gonna laugh, and now we yeah. didn't because of David. Yeah, That's... I ruined it for I ruined it for posterity. So let's move to the invasion at the end of this. Um, which I going into this second watch was like, I think this is like my least favorite part of this movie. But then I watched it a second time and I understood what was going on. I was like, no, this is awesome too. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how I felt too. I was like, I don't know what's happening. And then I watched it a second time and I was like, I know exactly what's happening, especially when you know that they're they're running into that tunnel. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson and, and John David Washington, uh, two guys with three names, um, when they're running into that tunnel and it explodes behind them and then they're being chased by that truck that you later realize is Rob Pattinson. Um, well, no, he's you, got three names too, Rob, Burt, Pattinson. Right. Yeah. Burt is <laughs> Rob B. Pattinson. Um, when he runs in, and um, or no, when he's driving the truck behind them and he's honking, when you watch that a second time and you know that's him, it is much more rewarding to the fact. Like, every, like this is the the thing about this movie is that even when you know the ending, watching yeah. it with the knowledge of everything is still really entertaining. Oh yeah, I watched that the first time through and was like, oh, so I was like, that can't be Robert Pattinson, and then I was like, oh fuck, it is Robert Pattinson. <laughs> What's really fucked up is the first time I watched this, I went to the bathroom and I didn't push pause and I didn't oh. rewind it. And oh so God. I missed him being reinverted at the site. And I come in and I'm like, wait, no. what happened? And then when I watched it again, I was like, okay, that makes sense now. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I was like, I was not going to the bathroom and still rewinding things to make it. I was like, okay, I understand how that happened. Okay, cool. And then I would rewind something. Like, okay, if I'm going to the bathroom, I rewind it anyway, push pause. I'm going to come back and watch that again. And then, like, I was, I can't wait to watch this. But how many, how many of these inversion machines are there? There's the one that the good guys have. There's the one in the free port. There's the one mm-hmm. in the, um, somewhere on the side of the road during the car chase. And then there's this one that is at the Salkov 12 site. Like, so there's four. Yeah, there's four from what we see, Stalsk. So they're building a bomb. And I talked to David about this, too. Mm -hmm. It's like, this Mm -hmm. is the part where I was confused. You have Aaron Taylor Johnson's 
team. And I guess they're all part of this organization called Tenet. Yeah. And so it's an right. It's a it's an army, essentially. That's kind of like, I guess you you could say to just understand easier. It's just like a sector of the CIA or it's like it's, it's a sector off the off the of the thing. Hold on. Who are they fighting? Are they? Uh, is it all uh, Sater's men? Yeah, he has an army. Mm-hmm. He can afford an army, no problem. He's the richest, most powerful person in the world. Okay, so he has an army protecting this site. What's funny though is you do not see any of them except for the run Russian guy. You do not see a single soldier for the opposing team in this I, movie. I know you don't. That's Ever. why I was yeah. so fucking confusing. Yeah, they're except- like basically fighting themselves. That's what it feels like because they're yeah, like, and here's where I got so confused. Aaron Taylor Johnson goes, okay, any questions? And then the one guy says, well, so we're defusing the bomb? And he goes, no, we are preventing us from defusing the bomb. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? Who's defusing the bomb? Yeah. They What they wanted to do is they wanted it to look like that was the goal to stop the bomb. Right. So when so they, they were doing they, the pincer move, the first team were- was to defuse it. Well, no, no, no. Both teams are trying to defuse the bomb because they wanted Sator to think that's what they were trying to do. And then they have a splinter team that gets it out of there so that the future thinks, oh, they failed in defusing the bomb or or whatever. Um, And that the algorithm is in there hidden. Because that was... That was Sater's whole point, was to have it put in there so no one could get to it, and he controlled it with his wristwatch. Right, I understand that, but his it, it would help if we saw a fucking bad guy in this entire thing. <laughs> I actually of this too. I think I prefer like the Debicki stuff too. I like when Mahir's like, "Can you jump forty feet?" She's like, "No, I can dive it." It's like okay, so yeah, I like when he's yes, like talking <laughs> when Sater's talking on the radio to the protagonist, and she's just in the background like splurging sunscreen all over the deck. And then and then he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I spilled some sunscreen. And then if he just like got up and looked, he was like, what? Like, that, that's way more sunscreen than you accidentally spill. What are you doing? Yeah. Ridiculous. Also, Sater's like a pretty nice guy in this scene. Like, he trying apologizes? To get, trying to get laid, yeah. for sure. Like, this oh, is how yeah. I want to die is one last time. Oh, there was one line he says to uh, John David Washington when he's like, when he like sets him on fire and he freezes, he's like, Oh, but you did get my heart rate up to 130. My wife can't even do that, which made me imagine him just being like very like, uh, okay. Like in during sex, <laughs> just like, gotta keep the heart rate down. Don't wanna die. Don't wanna talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then uh yeah, we save the world. Uh Robert Pattinson yeah. basically saves everything by seeing the what's coming and inverting himself and then getting unshot and then I, they... that that scene i swear i watched that scene like 300 times i don't know about you guys like it's there is a youtube video anthony for your um sanity that... oh i watched it you mean where the, the little blue guys and the little red guys and they do the whole the whole thing it yeah but it just plays robert pattinson's part oh, okay and well, so it's like linear. It plays his part. Oh, in no, no. I watched, I watched, watched, I watched it. it. Um, okay. And when you, I mean, when you see it, it's still, it makes sense. Like, it gets crazy. Because if you watch it, it, it. only gets insane because he goes halfway through and inverts or re-inverts himself. And so, or 
uninverts himself. And when that happens, it kind of mixes up a bit. He uninverts himself, and then at the end of the movie, reinverts himself, which is like the second level of Inception. There's like mm-hmm. three R-Pats at one point in this tunnel. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, but, but like the fact that. Is that the guy who runs backwards out of the tunnel? Yes. Like when the gate opens, when that's died. him? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's R-Pat. He died. That was him. No, no, no. Bef- there's a third, there's a second guy in there. So, okay. So, sorry. I'm just going to say there's the Ukrainian guy on the other side of that gate trying to drop the bomb into the thing. Right. Then, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson and John David Washington run up on him and they're like, that's too big of a lock to pick. Right. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson gets shot, right? Right. A little mm-hmm. bit okay. shot, yeah. Does he die? No, he doesn't no. die. He just gets shot and I guess he gets knocked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now it's just John David Washington and the Ukrainian guy with Sater on the radio. You have this dead body at the feet on the other side of the door. Right. Right. So... Sater tells the Ukrainian guy, shoot him in the head. And he's talking about John David Washington. So the Ukrainian guy pulls out his gun, goes over to shoot John David Washington. Yeah. At that moment, in reverse, Rob Pat comes up alive just to get shot again. At that time, for two questions. Well, he was unshot at that moment. Yeah, he actually. That's him getting not shot. That's him getting unshot. What happens is at the end of the movie where he tells John David Washington, I have to go back in. He's actually going in to To save John David Washington's life. To take the bullet for him. To take the bullet. So he's getting unshot just to get shot. But did he get unshot because the bullet went back through him and that's how he's... He died again. He got unshot because it's inverted, man. I don't know. It was okay, just but, inverted. So, so if you imagine it, that's and, and that's where that's where I wait, said that's why the confusion. Hold on. Go. Wait, but at the end he's holy fuck. Yeah, I guess he goes he goes Okay. No, so hold on, hold on. I'll Two tell you where my I'll tell you guys. I can explain my or I can explain my confusion to you, and I think it'll also make you confused. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we're we're not already confused. So so like so he inverts himself, or in the end, when he's going back to sacrifice himself, right? If you imagine he runs through that tunnel, his whole job is to go to the other side of that door and get shot that way. Like, like how did he get how did he get through the door? Who unlocked the door? So that's my second question. That's, that's my paradox, two right? that's my two questions. Well, it's not I don't know if it's a paradox, but that's my question. How does the door get unlocked? This is my first well, question. And then my second question is who is that running behind him? And I'm well, that assuming was him. that, that was, that was uh, him. Yeah, that's Rob Pat. He's running backwards because if because what happened was okay, I, him, okay, okay, he died. Well, okay, so if you imagine in in reverse uh, time, he ran out there, got in there, open, held the door as they ran out, closed the door, got shot. You know, it's like you, yeah. you, you know, it's very weird. But what what confused me um, was the fact that like they all get there and he's a dead body on the ground. The timing of him opening the door for right. himself essentially is essentially what you, is what you're looking at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Weird. Because because it it really li- uh, relies on the fact if you can figure out how that door gets open. That's yeah, that's it, the that's the crux of the scene is how does the door get open? It almost makes it look like that the Ukrainian opens it, but then why would he? So I guess it is our Pat. Oh man. Yeah, so I mean, our our pack gets it, and he holds the door open for them, which it all makes sense. But we only see it from the rever- the you know the inverse side, so it's which, really confusing. Well, no, we see it from moment. the we see it from the forward side, the forward, yeah. But yeah. he does it inverted, which is hard for us to catch on how it exactly happens, which is exactly. probably like, 
and they do that because at the end that's what he's going to do and it's gonna you know it's more powerful but so um, what did you guys think when they uh they recovered the bomb and they're splitting it three ways or no they're recovering the bomb and then uh they go for it and aaron taylor johnson pulls the gun out on them like what was your thought process at that moment because mine was like there's like 15 minutes of this movie left how the hell are they going to add this like betrayal plot point to it but it wasn't a betrayal plot point at all so why well, honestly he was like I don't, what was he going to do? He was going to kill them and then take it upon himself to be the one to hide all nine parts. Cause the, and then the kill whole, himself. And then kill himself. Yeah, but the whole point of this was he... I mean, it's why he didn't end up doing it because he right. realizes if I kill them and then I'm the one who hides all nine, all they have to do is track me and they'll be able to find all of them. I'll give it away. So to make Well, that's it, why he says that if I split it between the three of you and we all hide it, uh, if I ever see you again, I'll kill you. And then he's like, I, I will look hard for you because that is the ultimate mission. You want to hear another fucking uh, blow my mind spot plot point? Aaron Taylor Johnson's character is Michael Caine. No. Why would he be Michael Caine? You know, Aaron Taylor Johnson might be the son, though. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I think they're all Batman. Is the they're, thing. <laughs> you think Michael Caine just went back in time because he's like, this is when England was fucking England. <laughs> they call me sir yeah um yeah no i disagree with that i also just think it's such a woman thing to kill the guy before you're not joking but i do think it's funny that she was like i just couldn't she was like i couldn't let him die thinking he won when it's like no it's actually the inverse of that you had to kill him knowing you won (laughs) that's like (laughs) what you wanted is like because he had fucked you over so many times he made you think like oh maybe i should leave my son to get away from him so it was like she had to kill him and he had to know as he died when when she shot him and he's kind of like gasping for breath and i was like she doesn't have the signal yet. Right. And I was like, Oh, well, okay. She doesn't have the signal, but he's, he's still not dead. He's still a little bit alive. And as I'm thinking this, she slides him off the edge. He snaps his neck on, on the way down. I was like, Oh no, fuck. He's dead, dead. And my wife is watching this with me and she, um, David knows this, but Taylor likes to call out things like thinking she knows what's going to happen. Like she's like, oh, this is this. So when she gets on the yacht, she's already calling out. Yeah, yeah, we get it. She's the girl who she sees jumping out of the off the boat. And she's like over the movie at this point. She's like, yeah, I get I get how this ends. And then on his way down, you hear the neck snap and she goes, what the fuck? And I was like, ha, there you are. You did yeah. not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect them to plinko down the boat like that either. I was just like, ooh, okay. That re- it reminded me of the Titanic. It was just like... <laughs> there is a, there is a cool moment too where Debicki looks over and sees yeah. herself and she's like, it hits her. Oh, yeah. in the past, I saw myself jumping off and it's like also a relief there too that her husband she hated, I guess, didn't cheat on her. I mean, it's really for other right. reasons, too. I don't think she cared at that point. I think she just realized that she is free now. Like, she envied herself being free, but she's actually free. Um, do you think Mahir, like, while they're on the boat, is like, hey, I mean, we got a lot of, you know, a lot of endorphins rushing right now. Do you want to, you know, maybe 
<laughs> like we got time. Do you know how tall that woman is in real life? Do you want to know she's... how tall that I, woman is? I, yes, twice, but she's six three. She's six three. And doesn't I think she plays Princess Diana in The Crown, right? She oh, does well. that too. She's also in The Man from Uncle, which unfortunately She's also in Guardians of the Galaxy two and Guardians of the Galaxy three. Oh, is she? She's um Oh, is she the mother she, of the mother of Warlock, the golden Warlock. girl. Yeah. 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 All right, yeah. Um so what's funny is uh Christopher Nolan did not want to cast her because he thought she was American because he saw the movie Widows. And then his wife, who I think helps with casting, she definitely works with him, was like, no, she's Australian, and she wanted to hire her because of Widows, which is a movie I think, Alan, we should do at some point. because I've I haven't seen really it good. yet. So. I haven't either. I just ah. heard it's good. Hmm. Yeah, that's why we can do it. Perfect. Um, I also love the, like, it's not the very end. I want to get to that. But the last thing before we get to the, the very end is when uh, R. Pats tells him that this whole operation has been a reverse pincer, a temporal pincer move. And he's like, well, whose? And he's like, yours. Mm-hmm. It's like a really cool moment. Oh, yeah. If whatever that means. Well, it means that they're going to break off into a sitcom and we're going <laughs> to their buddy cop movie and we're going to learn no. Dude, I'd, I'd watch that movie. Yeah, me too. I can't wait to watch this movie again. It's driving me crazy. Like, I would have. Yeah. yeah. This Alan, is... you need to send me that YouTube video that explains our, what Pattinson's doing at the end of this. I need that. I will. I will. I have a few fun facts here. Um, We're not done. He kills Priya. Yeah. I, I love the way that works out where she's like, go get her before the sun comes out, like her son comes out, and then she shoots, and then he's just like, I've been the protagonist the whole time. It's like such a good mm-hmm. ending. Um, and I think it once again it ties into the fact of like because Robert Pattinson has all this knowledge of like the future, so he is definitely had to have traveled back really far to make this happen, whether he's the son or not, whatever. But he has traveled so far back to where he is coming from the future and John David Washington is traveling to the present. Um mm-hmm. and so like in this moment where he kills Priya and her guard it is like where we're kind of seeing like almost close to his like final form of like the guy who planned this thing to save the world. Um, like his, his real James Bond moment where he's like fully confident in himself. Yeah, for sure. It's the, the return. And now he's the hero. He's the, On the second the watch of this, I noticed a lot of guys in the background of a couple of scenes that were moving backwards that I didn't realize were moving backwards before. And I think, like the when they're when they're heading to the red and blue room, Satyr's red and blue room, um, when Cat is being pulled into the car, you see a couple people walking backwards through there. But you're you at this point, the audience doesn't have the knowledge of that yet, mm-hmm. so, of like what's on the other side of that thing. Um, but it's it happens so quick, you would you would miss the the people walking backwards. And then in the airport, when they're coming out with Cat already uninverted, you can see them in the background going into the airport oh, inverted. Cool. Okay. And so I think there's a lot that you can take away from like second, third, fourth second, viewings. Third, fourth viewings. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, it's oh, if any more time in life, I, I want to be able to I have to invert so I can go backwards just to watch this movie again and have time to do that. It's killing me. Oh, this is fun. I just read that um, because of the the way the days uh, lined up, mm-hmm. um, he was doing pull-ups in that windmill, right? Mm-hmm. But it happened on the same day. Remember, like, later on in the movie when he's on the ship and they're going through that windmill thing? Yeah. He's doing pull-ups on the ship? Yeah. 
he's doing pull-ups at this both of him selves are doing a pull-up at the same time yeah the only the only thing i can't really and this is probably answered in the movie just like you know this we talked about how this movie like it doesn't spell things out for you like so it leads to needing to watch it multiple times which i think is a good thing but i can't remember where in time the the stalsk scene at the end happens like does that happen before vietnam or after like chronologically at least um because like i think that obviously matters a little bit slightly because he dies if like the parts are still together or whatever so i think it has to have happened maybe before but i mean either way um alana you done with fun facts you got any more one more is that when he's having um or right before he has lunch with michael kane uh he's reading a newspaper about a plane crash that hasn't happened yet but he's the one who caused it i think that's cool too that's right yeah that's cool yeah uh final thoughts um i loved it i uh i don't know i still think it's it's like i think all of his movies are pretty great so it's like ranking wise hard to like know where i would put this one um but yeah, man, it's it's so much better on the second watch than the first. Like I enjoyed it on the first watch, but it's like there's like a, definitely a lot of brilliance in this movie when you like kind of understand it more and more. Yeah, I mean, I think you know what I'm going to say, David, and it's going to piss you off and I love it and I'm going to say it. I think it's better than Inception. Alan, you don't have the ability to piss me off. <laughs> you, um, have, you don't have the tools necessary. He tries to take it away. I, I, I still know that it, it irks him in some way. Um, but I think it's better than Inception. Critics don't. Critics gave Inception like a 91%, and then they gave this like a 67%. But I think I think people gave this movie, audience and critics gave this movie too low of a rating. I think it's like, and I think where it strives is that. And at least for me, it's really hard to make a movie so good that you're going to want to make me watch it multiple times. Um, Usually I'm a I'm a one and done guy and then I can I can watch the the movie like years down the road when I've forgotten some details or I'm in the mood for the movie. Christopher Nolan movies, I feel like I I can rewatch The Dark Knight every day for the rest of my life and still be entertained. I love The Dark Knight. But um this movie, I think the rewatchability is so good, and I think the critics were too harsh on it because a movie that you can make people go again and again to go see each time in a different perspective, viewing different details about it. I mean, that's a winner. That's a that's a money maker right there. Um, well, it didn't make that much money actually. But see, well, well that's what that I'm saying. COVID that's a shame. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, I know. The worst possible time. I did my part. I did my yeah, part. That's true. <laughs> um, no, I I love this movie as well. I thought like I I understand not everyone it, a part of it is not everyone has an extra two and a half hours to rewatch the movie. It's already long enough, and every everyone and unfortunately everyone's attention spans seem to be going the they're inverted, you know, where like <laughs> they're going the other way, you know. So, but it, it's it's hard. Like I'm a you know I'm a single dad, and I have two podcasts, and I make comic books, and I'm just like I want more time to watch movies. But like I literally when you were like, hey, yeah, here's an excuse to watch a movie. I was like, yes, okay, I got this. I can watch a three hour movie and like justify it because I I'm put it out in the world. 
world and stuff. Um, but yeah, this movie totally necessitates multiple watches if like if you want to appreciate it to the greatest extent that it should be appreciated, I think. You know, so it is. I think there's some brilliance in the movie that I think uh, multiple watches will definitely reveal. Uh, I do find it. I, I, I mean, I, I don't have like a, a thorough theory on this yet because I've only seen it once, but I find it pretty interesting that he mentioned uh, Oppenheimer in this movie. Right. And, and then there was also a comment about there being 10 pieces of this algorithm right before this Oppenheimer explosion. He has 11 movies before Oppenheimer. Uh, so if you if you think of it like following was his first movie and he's like, this is me about to learn all of the secrets. And then there are 10 secrets <laughs> that he learned, like he has 10 movies between op- uh, following and Oppenheimer. And then there's his explosion of like, here's my nine. It might have been nine. Wow. I, but I remember I, I read it or I saw that and I went. Maybe back he's not counting following. Maybe he started his count with Memento and then he followed. Yeah, maybe. Well, no, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I meant. There's. Yeah, nine. I think that's where I got why I skipped following because I was trying to do the counting and I was like, it's interesting to me because he mentions Oppenheimer. Now he has this big masterpiece where he's going to kill people at the end of the movie. Um, And we're all fascinated by it. So we're going to see what happens. But like I said, I've only seen this movie once. So I don't know what I'm talking about. It's just fun to watch. Well, I'm really glad that all three of us enjoyed it. Like, I think this movie is like, I think some people are going to come out of this not liking it. And I know for a fact, some people came out of this not liking it. And then some people came out of this really liking it. And I kind of find it great, honestly, that all three of us kind of like it equally. Like none of us think it's Nolan's best movie ever made, but I think all of us would pretty much give it around the same, like what, eight out of 10, nine out of 10 sort of. Can I ask you guys, I I haven't gone back and watched any of the marketing stuff because like, I truly, like I said, I only knew, like I I knew the, 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 uh, you know, main actor and then I knew the name of it and Christopher Nolan. So I was like, how was it, how was it marketed? Did, did, you know, did people think it was, you know, what do you know about this movie going in? The trailers definitely showed you that things were moving back in time back in time but you you did not get that it the whole inversion thing you just got that things were moving back in time and then some some people were privy to that and then some people were not and so then from there you were like okay so maybe half the world is moving through time and so it it explains to you very generally what this is about but it leaves out all the detail okay because i i often like i wonder when i see people like you know audience not liking a movie i'm like okay well how do you not know yourself well enough to go see movies that you like you know right. like i when right. i when i go to see a movie it's almost always a movie like it's very rarely that like rare that i'm gonna go see a movie and be like oh i hated this because <laughs> i i you know i do my math i'm like i just kind of trust christopher nolan is going to be interesting in one way or another and i'm probably going to appreciate him you know yeah. but yeah. And, and like I, I follow different directors for that reason otherwise i would watch a like a teaser trailer and i'd be like okay i don't know what I movie mean, this is or i don't know I feel the same way about Nolan that I feel the same way about Tarantino is that if he's coming out about uh, a movie about Cal Manure, do I have any interest in Cal Manure? No, but I'm going to watch it because it's Tarantino. You yeah, know? that's how I feel about Tarantino and like the Coen brothers. And I'm just like, if they have a movie out, I'm going to see it. You know, yeah. I, I might not love it, but I'm going to see yeah. I'll probably like something about it. I'm going to appreciate it at the end of it somehow, you know. So. David, for the only 
just real quick, David, for the only one of us that actually did go to the movie theater and see it, apart from it being Nolan, what kind of brought you to like, oh, I'm not going to wait till, you know, everyone's safe from the pandemic. Um, I'm going to risk people's lives and, and, and go to a movie theater. Uh, what brought you like what in, in the marketing brought you to that stage? Well, I mean, I was, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. Just I hate old people. Okay. So that was kind of the big thing. I was, I was, I was like, about to say he called you the asshole and he is attacking. But then you're like, no, no, no. I will be the asshole here, sir. I'm killing elderly. Like, I just <laughs> feel like I was doing my part to help global warming, culling a little bit. Um, as I said, there was no one else in the theater. I wonder why. So I felt pretty safe. I was also providing money to people in an industry that was suffering. Um, so I'll make that clear. Uh, so with like directors that I really love, so Tar- you know Tarantino, you mentioned uh, Fincher um, and Nolan, anything. Like if I know I'm going to see it, I don't watch the trailers. So I think I'd seen snippets here and there, and they mostly used the um, the car, like the reverse car crash, like that scene um, yep. with John David Washington. Um, okay. I remember the reverse car crash being used in the trailer and him um, getting the bullet back into the gun from the stone that was also used in the trailer. So, yeah. So, I mean, like I nothing. I just like he makes movies. I think him and Denis Villeneuve are like the two best right now at making sort of high brow popcorn movies. Right. Like yeah, that. I that, that they make super entertaining movies that are also just done very well and so like especially now with like you know the ability to stream everything there's like certain directors you go see in theaters and certain ones that you're like i can wait a little bit i think nolan is one that i always want to see in theaters Mm -hmm. um i've already got my tickets for dead reckoning part one and then i'm just gonna get my tickets for oppenheimer right afterwards so like i don't know uh, yeah, Barbie. I don't you know. Can't, I... You can't diss Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig, okay? I know, but I um, I still have two kids, so it's like I got to pick and choose the ones that need to be oh. seen on a bigger screen. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. um, so out of Villeneuve and 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 Nolan, I really enjoyed everything that Alex Garland has come out with, but I haven't heard that he's coming out with a new movie anytime soon. Alex, I, did you watch the last thing he made that, um, um men I haven't seen, I bought men. I haven't, I haven't watched men. it yet. No. And then I think he has, he has something else in the works, but I don't know. I, don't I was know. kind of like talking about his annihilation. Like when he goes, I, I actually don't know what men is about, but, um, I really enjoyed annihilation. About so men. if he could make more movies like that, please. Yes. Do that. It's about men. Oh, is it? <laughs> Um, David Fincher is coming out with a new movie called The Killer, and I'm looking oh. uh, forward for that one. That seems really good. Yeah, it's Michael Fassbender's, I think, an assassin. All right, so let's uh, let's end this up. Uh, Anthony, where can people find you on the interwebs? <laughs> people can find me on Twitter at Anthony Lafusi. You can also find me every week um, on YouTube at youtube.com slash wehaveissuespodcast and also youtube.com slash at critstupid. If you like Dungeons and Dragons, that's definitely a place for you to go. It's It's the most fun I get to have every week, pretty much. Um, if also if you like bad movies and making fun of bad movies with friends and stuff, check out uh at Good Time Bad Movie with no E at the end because it was too many characters. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but, I know what that's like. Well, w- you can find all those links down in the description below this episode too. So that's uh that's an easy way, easy awesome. way to do it. Oh, thank well, you guys for having me. 
Yeah, no, thank no, you yeah, for it was, coming it was along. Awesome. This I mean, really, this is really great. This is our longest episode in forever because, um, and I kind of figured, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I mean, well, one, yeah, when you have like a movie like this, um, and then two, when you have like a third host, like you're definitely going to fucking dive into it. So, yeah, and um, then like for, um, for any future movies that you want to come back on and do, we'd love to have you back on. Um, oh, if and only if Anthony. We can find another movie that neither of us have ever seen before. Yes, so. For sure. Yeah, three new years from now when we complete the list. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Tenet. <laughs>